right. Well, hey guys, welcome to the One Step Better podcast. Uh, today I am the special host, Shelby Betts, of the One Step Better podcast, typically hosted by Mike Schaefer. Uh, today in the studio with us, we have a very special client, Miss Susan Tanner. She's the owner of Pink Ribbons. It is a mastectomy and lymphedema boutique. I have done a lot of research on what those two terms mean <laughs> and how to say them. <laughs> and how to say them. Did I say them correctly you this did. time? Oh, you awesome. Did. I think the first time before I ever met you, I was like, hey, I need to know how to say these words. Nobody does. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad I'm not alone in that. But uh, today, Susan's going to be with us um, in Client Spotlights. We like to share um, just what your business is doing, how you have grown as an owner, and uh, hear your business story. We have a lot of business owners that uh, tune into this podcast. And so some of the things we always like to hear about is your entrepreneurial moments, if you had them, if you didn't have them, um, what your business is about. And then, of course, uh, this month is uh, Breast Cancer Awareness. And so we, as we were kind of thinking through um, our clients, we thought, who better to have on the show for a client spotlight than, than Miss Susan? So, Susan, Thank welcome you. to the show Thank today. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure to be here. Well, we're glad you're here. So give us a good idea. What made you start Pink Ribbons? What is the Pink Ribbons story? Okay. Well, my sister and I, we're two years apart, and we were both in the medical field for the last 40 years. Uh, she's an orthotist, and what an orthotist is, it's if you've ever heard of an O&P company, uh, ortho, let me think about that again, um, orthotics and prosthetics. They do artificial limbs, braces, your compression garments, those kind of things. Sure. And There's another word I had to look up yeah, when I first met you. Yeah, well, I couldn't even say it. Um, <laughs> And I'm a registered nurse. Yeah. So I was minding my own business, working in a surgery center and loving every minute of it. And she came to me and said, I really got this idea. I want to start a boutique just for women because right now they all have to go into the O&P shops and they're in one room getting fit for bras and prosthesis, and the man next door is getting either an artificial leg or diabetic shoes. Very sterile environment. Absolutely. Most O&Ps were owned by men. Sure. So I said, well, let's just think about that, pray about that, and come up with some things. So we spent about a year, and the company she happened to work for decided manly owned, didn't want to do mastectomy anymore. Interesting. And so we waited till he closed his business, that side of the business, and we made him an offer on this mastectomy. Yeah. And we thought, this is our open door. So we started uh, with about 1,200 square feet. About two and a half years later, we went to 2,400 square feet. And then three years ago, which was seven years later, we moved to a brand new facility. Okay. And we have 4,200 square feet, and we are maxed out. So we're moving to 8,400 square feet soon, right? <laughs> I hope this, no, I'm, I'm re, reassessing yeah. everything right now. Just kind of saying, you know, can we move this? And Absolutely. <laughs> space How much savers. can we scram into yes, this space? No, this is a, this is a great facility because I designed it yeah. exactly to fit our needs. When you walk in our door, two thirds of the boutique is pink. And that's for our ladies. That's why we started Pink Ribbons. But as time went on, we took on not only compression for them, but lower compression we brought men in. Sure. So I have one little hallway that's gray where my business side is. And 
that's where we put the men. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, I imagine even the men that are coming in, they probably don't. It's not as sterile of an environment as right. some of their past experiences, hopefully. And, and it just developed. You know, we started with the very basics, and, and now we offer quite a few things um, just to make it nice to come in. Yeah. The ladies get their coffee when they come in. Okay. They shop for T-shirts and all kinds of trinkets, and they love jewelry. So we just make it a fun experience for them. Absolutely. So when you started envisioning uh, your boutique and, like, thinking about mm-hmm. dreaming of an experience for women that's positive during such a, a sad time and, a, like, an awful time during yeah. someone's life, um, that's so unexpected to have a need like that. Um, but as you started, you know, working on creating this experience, how did you decide to add additional products, add additional services? Was that out of just what your clients needed? Or, you know, give me a good sense of how you continued to evolve as you started. The well, business. when we started, we started just with compression sleeves for lymphedema. And lymphedema is when those that lymph system gets altered during surgery or radiation, and they get swelling in that arm. So we always carried that, the bras and prosthesis. And um, the man that we bought the mastectomy division for decided he didn't want to do lower extremity anymore. So we thought, well, okay, we cannot live by just what we had. We wanted to grow. We had to take on new things. So we took on lower extremity at that point. Okay. Um, But that kind of was defeating our purpose because we were having men come in the boutique and I didn't want them over there. So we (laughs) kind of reworked that system over there till we ran out of space. But um, and then Baptist had a women's uh, shop over by their breast center, and they closed. And they were one of the only wig shops that filed insurance. So that kind of put us into wigs. So we took classes and started fitting ladies for wigs. Yeah. And it uh, didn't take long for people to know that we were around. Absolutely. That's and so we are the only uh, facility in Memphis that will file insurance. Okay. For a wig. So uh, even last week I saw a little 13-year-old from St. Jude. So it's expanded. Then about um, five years ago, we were offered a contract for Tennessee for the pneumatic compression pump, uh, Lymphopress. And so we are exclusive distributors of the Lymphopress pump. So that meant I had to have a rep that traveled the state. So that's when I hired my husband. He was in retirement. I hired him out of retirement. He established the territory for the first three years, and he was made an offer by the Lymphopress company to go into management. And so now I have two reps, one in Knoxville and one in Nashville, and they split the state. So you are the exclusive um, distributor in the state of Tennessee or in the region? Or in the state of Tennessee okay. and actually Kentucky also. I don't okay. have a rep up there right now. Sure. But uh, for that brand, Lymphopress. Okay. So you mentioned you hired your husband and then he went away. Yeah. <laughs> right? He got hired else somewhere else. Um, that brings up just an interesting conversation. So you mentioned you've started this with your sister. Mm-hmm. I think on your website it says um, sisters by, you know, by fate and best friends by choice. What has it been like working with both your sister and even your husband? You know, that's a, all business owners that start businesses, eventually family comes in. What's it been like working with family over the years? It has been a challenge because we are so different. Yeah. But we had to learn each other's strengths. I am more of the business 
owner. She's more of the technician. That's what she did all of her life was mastectomy fitting. And so I just kind of gave that to her. And gradually we were able to hire enough help for her that I could back up and take the business. So I kind of carry that business and the contracts and the payroll and HR and just the whole part of the business side of Pink Ribbons. And uh, she uh, works with the fitters and does the fitting um, so that has worked well. When you first go into business with family member, you think it should be 50-50, but you have to learn what those balances are. And when I got over that, that it wasn't going to be 50-50, it works better. Yeah. You know, she is strong at that, and that's what she does. And if there's a conflict with a patient that comes in, she gets that because she's good face-to-face with those uh, customers and our patients. So... Um, and I take care of the employee part of it. So it, Absolutely. it works great. Now, with my husband, he just did his own thing. I never <laughs> had to really worry about him. Um, I was so grateful for what he was doing. Sure. And uh, for the first time in our lives, he was traveling. Yeah. And I'd never had him travel. So uh, when he got offered... Uh, a management position with Lympha Press, and they were much uh, more financially able to supply for him than I was. <laughs> I fired him and said, you're taking this job. <laughs> oh, nothing like being able to fire your spouse yeah. and still get along, right? <laughs> yes, but uh, he uh, did a great job starting, and he does a great job with my reps now. I depend. He has a special interest. Of course. So he uh, takes great care with my guys. I have a guy and a girl out there on the field, and he works with them on a daily basis. So. Sure. So, you know, family, of course, you know, when you work with family members, there's obviously, you know, pros and cons on both mm-hmm. sides of that. It sounds like your experiences have been mostly positive. Um, in terms of like growing the business, so you, you know, you carry the business, you're the visionary and the executor and implementer for how the business does. Um, early on when you were getting started, what were some of the challenges or maybe a big challenge you faced as a startup that looking back, you would tell someone who's thinking about starting a business, hey, maybe tread cautiously in this area. Do you have one of those moments? Well, we had quite a few because we're insurance driven. All of our income, I would say 95% of our income is insurance. So when you open a business like that, You've got to stand alone until you can get all those contracts in Absolutely. and approval, and it took forever. But we had great people that um, came to us from the other business and were willing to sit back and wait until we got our Medicare number and we got those contracts with the different insurances. Probably our biggest challenge is that we are kind of a niche business. And there is only one competitor in Memphis. Okay. So I can't go out and find a mastectomy fitter. There are none. Right, absolutely. So what we had to do was find a woman who was compassionate, who could handle sometimes even a disfigured woman, emotionally wrecked women sometimes, because we laugh and we cry. Absolutely. And we had to have somebody that really could be there for the women. And then teach them what we know. And that's pretty much what we've done. Yeah. Uh, We have two great ladies that do fitting with Lynn. And uh, they have that compassion. Sure. And they know uh, exactly how to react to them. Um, It's a great experience. And the women love them. They ask for them by name when they come in. So, you know, that's... We laugh with them. We pray with them. They know that uh, when they have surgery, 
that we're going to lift them up at that time. Sure. And um, I get to fit the wigs, so I see a lot of women in chemo, and that allows me a lot of time to minister. So we use our business as a ministry. Absolutely. Also. Yeah. Uh, one of our one of our reasons we do this, and it's kind of a something we picked up. Hope was always on the wall from the very beginning, but. Um, we want women to know, in particular, that we're there to give them hope in a situation that they didn't choose. Yeah. But we can go generation to generation. We see mothers and daughters. Sometimes we see the daughters first, and then the mothers come in diagnosed later. And the same thing for lymphedema, because a lot of it's hereditary. And it's misdiagnosed, and those people need compassion. Uh, they're kind of at their wits' end. They can't find anybody to treat them. And so we do a lot of teaching so these people don't miss out. Sure. Um, and so that they use their products to the best uh, of their ability, and they know that that's the way they get better. Yeah, They're, absolutely. The lymphedema side is works hand-in-hand hand with the mastectomy, although we see a lot of very overweight people that have lymphedema of the low extremity, so they're coming from a whole different background and their emotional state and uh, it just takes somebody with compassion and patience absolutely you know? yeah I mean to manage in a time of crisis you know I imagine uh, training finding the right character fit mm -hmm. is probably the most important aspect you look for when uh -huh. you're identifying people I know um, we really like good to great by I think it's I always forget Phil Collins don't remember his name but he wrote a book called good to great and, and the primary principle one of them is if you get the right people on the bus yeah then the bus is running smoothly and so we talk a lot about hiring every small business has every owner in general has an issue hiring we were talking mm -hmm. at lunch that there was a business you'd said uh, closed down because they didn't have staff so I imagine you know putting out an ad for you know someone to fit for what did you call them a mastectomy fitter yeah a mastectomy fitter <laughs> you're probably not getting a lot of pins none. on an ad <laughs> <laughs> I found that out none because yeah. uh there just aren't any. Sure. I mean, the only people that have mastectomy fitters are a fitting place. They're our competitor. Sure. And we're the only two in Memphis now. So they're, all of the O&P facilities have abandoned the mastectomy side and left it up to us, which is good for us. Absolutely. Uh, because we set out to make this a pleasant experience for the women, and so many times it's not. And from our medical background, we were able to do the teaching part yeah. of it. Imagine that positions you strategically and that you recognize that there's a gap in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like the two of you just had the perfect skill set to slide into this market yeah, and really just well. take mm -hmm. it to the next level. That's it awesome. Did. Thank you. So we mentioned a little bit of challenges. So training paths, hiring is a huge challenge for you early on. Um, what are some of the highs? What's been something that obviously outside of just, it sounds like just being able to impact your patients' lives, yeah. your, your clients' lives. Um, is there like a specific moment in time where you think, you know, hey, as an, you know, as a business, we've made it, you know, or do you have one of those? Well, I guess my share? biggest pride was when we opened Boutique. Yeah. And I took three bays and, and drew that out and I pretty much did all the planning for that so that that was probably my proudest moment but sure. you know we have a lot of high moments with just patient reaction I had I had an interaction with a patient last week that was having surgery today and she has a little blog on Facebook and 
she shouted out a thanks to me and pink ribbons for all we had done um, for her and her journey. And just those little things know that we've made a difference in somebody's life because that's our whole goal. Yeah, well, it's to keep people mm-hmm. going. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Uh, next transition to think through is, you know, something that I have been reading a ton about is owners that have been resilient during COVID. Um, I'm curious, what was your reaction when everything happened with COVID? Because I'm assuming your retail space shut down entirely. Well, at first we were really worried. Yeah. Uh, the girls were kind of scared. Nobody really knew what was going on. And we were scrubbing everything clean and... We just decided that we would close. We were essential business. Durable medical is what we're classified. So we could stay open. But the girls were kind of worried about it. And my reps were already at home because nobody let them in. Absolutely. So we closed for five weeks and we worked from home. The girls would call patients, uh, and I stayed in the boutique to answer the phone, transfer it over. I worked it out where they could uh, have their phones at home. And we survived that five weeks. I mean, we took a dip in our um, income, but it was nothing to what some of them did. And sure. at five weeks, we opened back up, and it was like we'd never stopped. Really? Is there anything that you learned during COVID, um, you know, maybe something that you wouldn't have done prior to COVID, but now looking back on COVID as an owner, you know, thinking about the future, if this were yeah. to happen again, how would you plan or prepare well, we wouldn't close again. We had already made that decision. We would not close again. Um, we would get stricter with we when we first opened. We were strict about who came in the boutique. Sure. We we didn't want three and four people coming in with a customer. So we held that down to one person with them. And how many people went back in a room? And and we cleaned after every one of them. One of the things I told the girls, I said, you know, a lot of our women that come in are in chemo, so they're immune compromised. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I always wear a mask when I fit my ladies for um, a wig, but they can't look at a wig with a mask on, so I always have them take it off. But, you know, just that part of being a little bit more careful that we don't transfer anything to anybody else, we'll always do that for our customers because our customers probably 60% are immunocompromised and we need to protect them. Yeah. Um, But we will be there for them. We will not close again. We may have to scale down a little bit. Sure. But that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Have you adapted anything or um, thought anything through like your distribution piece? Do you think that COVID has changed the way that you approach that part of the market? Well, you know, shipping went up for everybody and shipping was delayed for everybody and we do a lot of drop ship yeah because we do a lot of compression for all the way across the state now that we have the pumps and there's lack of compression providers so uh even getting stuff in like if i have a lady come in for a wig and she wants particular color if it's not in stock it's january and so we start over i don't let them go home till i know it's in stock because they've just lost their hair. They can't wait till January for Absolutely. a wig. So uh, things are slower coming in. Sure. And um, But we've made do. Yeah, that's awesome. COVID has been a challenge. It has. Um, well, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I have not asked you that I'm curious about. 
Um, this may just be for, you know, future owners looking at durable mm -hmm. equipment or just, you know, thinking about owning a business in general. What would you say one of the most rewarding things if someone's looking at, hey, should I start this business? Should I, you know, be the visionary, run my business? Is it worth it? <laughs> yeah, I think it's worth it. The rewards we've got from it yeah. has been totally worth it. It's a lot of work. And it's expensive. You're never going to get rich. <laughs> Don't expect it. But that wasn't our mission. Yeah. You know, uh, we were out there to help uh, a group of people who were being neglected and uh, bring awareness. to uh, Breast cancer really didn't need awareness. They just needed to be provided for. Sure. Um, and there's not a breast cancer survivor that can't be taken care of either through their insurance or foundation. We do want to spread more awareness about lymphedema. It is underdiagnosed, and they don't have the funds. A lot of insurances don't cover for compression garments, and they have to wear those every day. Yeah. So just bringing awareness um, for lymphedema is a big deal for us. Support groups. You have a lot of breast cancer support groups, but the lymphedema support groups, that's an incurable disease. It has to be managed. And if they don't manage it, then they just, they can't function. Sure. So um, all of that put together, you know, money can't buy everything. Yeah, absolutely. So it, it's worth it when you get a hug and um, tears of joy and thanks from the people that you've helped. That's worth all of it. Yeah. We always say around here, you know, start with your why and you can figure everything else yes, out. Sounds like you guys have got the why nailed pat. It's just down. So. Well, it. We've been blessed so much through all of this, and we feel like if we continue to do what the Lord set us out to do, that He will continue to bless us and allow us to serve these people. That's awesome. Well, there you have it. It's Miss Susan Tanner. Uh, Miss Susan, now uh, just transitioning, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Um, I would say, you know, two things. Um, obviously, uh, this is your time to kind of give your shout out. So if there is somebody in the city of Memphis that might need your services, what would yes. you say to that person or what service would you like to highlight to be sure that people know about you and Pink Ribbons? Okay. Um, most all of the things that we offer are insurance reimbursable. Um, especially for our breast cancer women. For compression garments, we carry compression garments from head to toe. doesn't matter if you have lymphedema, if you just have swelling, if you're traveling. Uh, we have a lot of different brands, and they come in stripes and um, argyle, and they're just not beige and black anymore. They're, yeah, they're patterns. Cute. Yep. <laughs> if you got to wear them, they got to be cute. That's right. And they got to be fashionable. So um, there are options out there. If you have any questions, all you have to do is call. That's what we do at the other end of the line. Women who are getting ready to have mastectomies, a lot of times they get left out and don't get the opportunity to have a garment uh, right after surgery. Talk to your doctor about it. Just call us. We'll take care of your prescriptions for you and contact your doctor. Any questions you have, all you have to do, and our number is 901-417-6060, Pink Ribbons. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us today, Susan. We're grateful to have oh, you. You're welcome. Glad you're a client. And um, if uh, someone were to follow you, do you guys have social media, Facebook, yes. Instagram? Where we, should they go to find well, you? Well, I'm not too good at... Uh, social media but we are on facebook so you can follow us and we have a website okay pinkribbonsmemphis.com pinkribbonsmemphis.com and your physical location if someone wants to stop by 6295 summer avenue 
And it's sweet 105, but if you can't see that big old pink ribbons, <laughs> you don't need a sweet number. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Susan. Um, I'm grateful to have you on the show. Thank you so much. All right. 